so pretty clean. Yeah, bands and bands of full energy. From bed right here, cause they're my enemies. Drive and like, rate and review. Your homes have a lady, couple guests too. We're gonna win a trophy, we're overdue. Can we do the double, make it deja vu? It's a move, London thing. Girl, but it's only on the wing. Harry's one of our own island in. It's only got one knee, but let's see the king. And we got Delhi Ali that's talking. Where the shells side, where the shells side, where the shells side's what we see. Where the shells side, where the shells side. Now it's a new London thing. Hello, it's the Shellside Podcast. Welcome all, one and all, and welcome back, Kwabna. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. Um, Lero kept my seat warm. Did a good job. Did a good job. Ooh. I thought he was good, man. I thought he was good. I, I'm looking forward to getting him back on the pod because he had a com- couple of comments that I'd like to explore further. But yeah, um, it was good. It's good to have him on the pod. I mean, I also I picked up on a couple of comments made by yourself, um, which I don't know what you're talking about. have to take offline because. You know, being a controversial character that you are, uh, some, sometimes you run a bit wild. So, have to have to dial you back in because you know you're a mad guy. But um, yeah, it was a good it was a good session, man. I made some very good points. Um, so, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't heard that yet, please go back and listen to it. Um, discuss the transfer window. Discuss um, the conundrum that is Delhi. There's like a lot to get into, and um, Lira and AB do a great job. So, do listen to that. But yes, I'm back. Um, had a nice restful trip with the family, so that was good. Um, there's a lot to get into this week. Um, looking forward to it, man. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you enjoyed the listen. I'm glad you enjoyed your break. Uh, wanted to know, did you bring me back a souvenir, like a shot glass, pack of cards? I do pack of cards, or did you bring me back a stick of rock, or wasn't it that kind of holiday? Uh, it wasn't that kind of holiday for a stick of rock. Um... I was actually bringing you back something, and then I heard the comments you made in the pod. So I was like, you know what, allow it. How can I, how, how can I let him talk about me like that? And then the, the bring him a gift, like I'm a mug. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you say talk yeah, about nah, nah, you nah, like nah, that. Nah. It was, it was, uh, That's it was mean. I got a question. Yeah. I got a question. So are you one of those, um, I say those, I am. But how much Spurs memorabilia do you wear? Like, are you a kit wearer? And are you a kit wearer on holiday? I'm definitely not a kit wearer on holiday. That never happens. I only okay. wear Spurs kits when I'm playing football. Or going to a game. And okay, but you missed the trick. Why? you got to be walking around with your chest held high after the 6-1. Because that was your weekend. You know what, actually, that was your weekend. I was, yeah. I was so... Like, every so often, yeah. I turned to my wife and said, said to her, you know what? <laughs> Spurs banged United at Old Trafford 6 you know. <laughs> and we were leading before a man got sent off. And she looked at me and she was like, she was like I know it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, you know it's crazy, but you don't actually know how crazy it is. Like, <laughs> you know how gassed that was when we beat them 3-2 at Old Trafford? When Bale scored. Yeah, yeah, uh, the the yeah. I was like, what? We went to Old Trafford, 1-3-2, and then we go with 6-1. Man. <laughs> I know, it was mental. It was absolutely mental. I felt for you last week. I mean, big up Lero. Uh, mad respect, but um, you, I know you would have been uh, eulogised, not eulogising because that's like over a death, maybe the death of United, but you would have been so pumped for the pod. I kind of felt sorry Whoa. for you that you didn't get to live that one. So, do you want to say any words on that game? Just like a quick um, one line. Yeah, for me, I think it, it's um, I think two things. One thing is that people are talking about how 
we're scoring a lot of goals and this is the complete opposite of what we thought was going to be a Mourinho team. So, you know, everyone should kind of shut their mouths. I think that had a man not been sent off, we probably would have finished that game like maybe like 3-1 and it would have been like, you know, cool, comfortable. So I don't get carried away. But what I did like was like, the ruthlessness with what we, with how we we played, we we continue to make chances, and we, we we were using so much confidence every time we went forward. You know, it was it was just like it looked like it was destined to be a goal. One thing that was frustrating was all the talk after the game was all about how dreadful United were. Oh, Pogba's not tracking back. He lost his man. He gave away a penalty. Oh, Maguire's at sixes and sevens. He's pulling down Luke Shaw. Like it just it's just it just shows how. Ex-Man United and ex-Liverpool pundits have just dominated Sky Football for so long. And this is why people shouldn't be crying when um, when Michael Richards gets put on Sky Sports because that's the level of refreshing content you need. Like Because having those guys moan and talk about um, United, like this massive force who are now... Dead. Look, every team has their time, right? When you talk about how Tottenham, oh, you're Tottenham, you have one thing, blah, blah, blah. We're the first English side to win a European trophy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's achievements will at one point become exactly that, history. Everyone's will. No one stays on top ever, right? Like, even... Look, look Arsenal like to bang on about how they went unbeaten. The only reason people even remember the fact that they went unbeaten recently is that people who... Like, don't get me wrong, people are football people know, know that, right? But they don't think about it on a regular basis unless you're an Arsenal fan. The only reason it was kind of brought into yeah. the the news recently is when Liverpool are going to do it. Every time it looks like someone's going to do it, that's when they become that achievement becomes relevant again. Liverpool. Like Chelsea, yeah. Man City, Liverpool, all in recent times have, have come close by only losing one um, one game. But in all those times, they have amassed greater point totals than um, than Arsenal did in that year. So, like a lot of draws, yeah, a lot of draws. So it's like it's like for me. Everyone, every team has their top, has their time. When it passes, it passes. That day, it wasn't about Man United being bad. Like they were bad, but we were already a goal up, right? By the time, by the time Martial got sent off, but it was the ruthlessness with, with how we created goals. Even like look, Harry Kane's set, first goal, where it looks like it's just like a tapping, right? The sequence in that period of time, he tackles, he tackled the centre back, plays it out, it gets bring, it gets brought back in, back out to Son. Son fucked like so much composure. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's let's not let's not overlook the part Dombele had to play in no, that no, goal no, as not, well. Not, that little yeah, flick. not gonna not gonna overlook that. But what I'm trying to say is the whole passage in it. The whole passage it was just music. It was yeah, perfect. yeah. It was perfect, and it looked like we were just scrambling in front of the goal, and and Man City, didn't, Man United didn't know what they were doing. But when you actually watched it, the pattern of play that happened before to to open up the opportunity for Kane was sublime. So yeah, it just it just reminds me about how you know you pay for Sky Sports for like a to watch your team play, but you didn't get this biased commentary, like the same same old people crying about the same old nonsense. It's like whatever. But anyway, that's all I have to say about the game. Yeah. I was gonna say, I gave you one sentence. You went on for fifteen minutes, I mean, and this is what happens if you miss a pod. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not gonna give you the opportunity to talk again. <laughs> no, I just want to add to that very very yeah, very quickly. Yeah. I hate the fact that whether we're playing Arsenal or not, Alan Smith seems to always commentate on our games. Like, what Alan, the fuck? Alan Smith like, is seriously, a useless guy, the... Him, Charlie Nichols, <sighs> like, they're unashamedly, like, biased. It's just, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. What is the point? 
in having someone who does that. You contribute nothing. Absolutely nothing. Every game, but anyway, every game you have to do that crap. But to me, I can't wait for us to to pull something off this season, and for people through their great teeth having to talk about how great Tottenham have been. So we'll see. Well, that's the plan. That is certainly the plan. Yeah, but I think we've got to discuss a dilemma that is very dire. Yeah, nice, nice, nice in there. Right. So you are obviously a massive dire fan, and. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, you get this wrong every single time. Put context to what you're okay, saying. Sorry, sorry, I'm not a sorry, dire fan. Sorry, listeners. Andrew claims he's not a dire fan. He just has no problem underlining his importance and why Mourinho um, um, is such a big fan of his and shows favouritism towards him. But when you hear him talk, you realise he's just a fan. So, anyway, that's my opinion. I just explain what's going on. That's what you got me here for, insight. Uh, I'm giving you the you insight into the relationship you, and, the, and the dynamics. 100% you, you do that. Yeah? You do that, but you're also a Dyer fan. So, <laughs> we I, look, Dyer kind of grew into the game against United. He wasn't, like, amazing, but he grew into the game. He went away with England. Um, he got shown up by Lukaku. Um, against Belgium, but then got a lot better in the second half. He's now injured or like suffered some kind of injury. Dyer still to me hasn't convinced me that he's good. I'm not gonna lie, still hasn't convinced me that he's good. But he's he's always gonna play, right? He's always gonna play, and he's now we can chalk off we can we can chalk off the Newcastle one if we if you want, but really. Yep, agreed. Um, no, no, you can chalk it off. He was pushed. It wasn't free kick. You can chalk that off. Um, but he's given two pennies away already this season. Uh, I think I think we now have a situation where do we have a dilemma on our centre-backs? Now, Spurs Point, who is a, um, a regular uh, listener and contributor to the pods, shout out to him, uh, made, made the point that we now have these these centre backs. Dyer seems to be the only person who's now nailed on because he's comfortable playing on the left side of of a, of a two. He can also play in a three. It sounds like a solution, but I actually think it's a problem, and that's why I think that that's why I think the Dyer dilemma is he now is seemingly undroppable, but he's also seemingly the less capable of the centre backs we have. How are we going to solve that? Solving it is a riddle. <clears throat> so, I just want to clear up the fact that I'm not a Dyer fan. Just clearing up the fact that I just you know explain. too much, yeah? No, you know that'll protest too much. too much. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. <laughs> Shakespeare, innit? No, the thing with Dyer, the thing with Dyer is he isn't a great sensor of danger. Now, if you take it even further back, like whenever he's played centre-back, that's been his criticism, right? in Poch years, that he never really sensed danger. He was always a bit slow to react and he was just less than, just around capable playing there with a kind of a defensive mindset and more of a stature. You would have thought in the years that have preceded that, sorry, the years after that, he would have kind of developed his understanding of the game. Yes, he hasn't played centre-back for two two or three seasons straight, but he's wanted to play there. So he should have been studying, understanding, leaning on Ledley King, 
and others, Toby, to get an understanding of what it takes to play centre-back. Now, what you've alluded to is he's definitely at fault for the goal we conceded against Southampton. He's definitely at fault for the goal we conceded against Everton. He's definitely at fault for that Lukaku madness for England. Like, Lukaku's on his weak foot. Lukaku doesn't have a right foot. All you've got to do is get somebody there and block what's going to be a weak shot or a shot probably off target. You decide to dive in. Crazy decision. Let's take it back as well to the restart last season. He had that challenge, slightly unfortunate, but got done by Pogba. Second time we've mentioned him on this pod already. And he was dire, completely dire against Sheffield United. So what we're seeing is a man who's nailed on centre-back, but like you said, is probably the least capable centre-back of the four that we have. We know Toby should be playing, but Toby doesn't seem to impress Jose in a two with Sanchez which for me is worrying because Dyer has been bad. Like he's not been completely bad, but he's made bad mistakes. And for yeah. somebody who's nailed on, for somebody who's supposed to be the leader at the back, a pseudo captain, it's very worrying. How do we resolve it? <sighs> Play Toby. I think that's how we resolve it, but he won't. Um, maybe a combination of Dyer and Jaffet, Tanganga might solve it. But I feel like he needs. I think. I think Tanganga needs to be slowly like integrated, brought in. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form, it has to happen. Yeah, I mean, the question is: the question with Dyer is why is Dyer making the mistakes? Is he making the mistakes because he's covering for somebody else? It's, he doesn't seem to be doing that. Um, he seems to just be losing concentration or not really knowing the art of being a centre back. Like he's not as bad as Maguire. I had to throw that in. He's not as bad as Maguire. Um, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. But he's not. I would never say that he was. But yeah, go on, Harry. No, but if he's our number one centre back, which he is at this moment in time, he is going to be what costs us the chance of winning stuff, right? Because we'll come onto the team later. But we know we've got firepower. We know we've got attributes in midfield. The one place we didn't actually strengthen was centre back, and we have gradually got worse at centre-back over the years, right? Since Jan started getting slightly older and Davison was brought in to kind of be integrated, but probably the wrong purchase, as you alluded to a few pods ago, we have got worse in centre-back. And Dyer doesn't seem to be the answer. But I still stand by my point. He is the most important person because if he is to play there he needs to perform if he doesn't we'll see his importance because we'll concede goals but if he can eradicate that we'll keep clean sheets and then that'll be the foundation for a glorious Tottenham Hotspurs and Jose season I think I think this is the thing right everything I'm saying is right what I am uncomfortable with is his role in being so important I guess in achieving that success because he's just not I can't trust him to be the solid foundation upon which that that is built right that's the that's the nerve-wracking thing about it mm-hmm. and it also doesn't seem like we have found a or are going to find a solution the international um, the international transfer window is obviously closed 
We are on the eve of the domestic one closing, and it's like you know, Rodden. How do we? Yeah, it's like he's he's going to be someone from the future. It's not it's not someone that we're coming expecting to come in here and do that. Yes, of course you can be surprised, and someone can come in and, and actually uh, effectively do that. But you know, it's not. It's not guaranteed. It's not certain. It's not even likely, especially with the way Mourinho has to play. So it seems like our 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 centre back, our starting our first choice centre back, being our weakest one, could be the undoing of our season. Okay, which well, is quite scary to think about. It is, but I'm going to throw two wild cards out there. Rodden is a right-footed centre back who likes to play on the left-hand side. So maybe, yeah. maybe he gets into the side if we sign him and then never leaves. Um, but he's not, he wouldn't be eligible for the Europa League. So um, I, he would struggle probably to get into this first 11 this season. But you never know. And yeah. the, the other crazy curveball potentially is Davies playing there. Although I don't think he's tall enough and I don't think he is a centre back. Maybe in a free, but he is left footed. It's true. It's true. That's true. I just don't think I. I don't think he's tall enough, and I don't think. I think we'll use the three at the back, at times to compensate for that, and I think that's the closest we'll get to finding a solution. Well, but we, we need to. That, I think we're just going to have to lag our way through it. But so Dyer's injured, so he probably well. Is it a Mourinho injury? Or does he miss um, Sunday's game? And if he does miss Sunday's game, you would imagine Toby comes in. But we'll get on to that. But I guess the main thing there is he's injured, so a decision will be made. But he got yeah. injured on international duty. And that was always the danger, right? Because we had not as many players on international duty as we normally have because Mourinho pulled off some miraculous feats in keeping players back. He really did. But the one player he couldn't keep back was um, obviously the one that garnered so much attention in the club versus country row, um, Harry Kane. Yeah, and that was um, that was a bit of a mad one for me because I feel that I feel that yeah they made the point about his like muscular like strain the problems whatever, and then they played him anyway like for this like well he came on. He didn't yeah. play the first one, came on, um, and then played... He played twice, didn't he? Yeah, he played for about 20-odd minutes um, against Belgium and then played uh, 90 minutes against Denmark, but 90 minutes where 60 minutes of those were with 10 men, so probably a few extra yards run that could have potentially been avoided if Maguire hadn't been so shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... I think what's frustrating is that he's got Ings and Calvert-Lewin are two stragglers who have been in like great form recently. Like, obviously, obviously not on Harry Kane's level, but they've been in great form. Like, you know what Harry Kane gives you, so you can afford to not play him at all in this period of time. That's cool. You can do that. I don't know why they would continue. It's Nations League, though. It's a it's a trophy, a winnable trophy. This is the thing. We're in Group A. We want to remain in Group A. And you win a couple of games, you're in running position to go to the tournament. So 
these are these are tournament games these are knockout games i should say these come with points that coefficiency points that you need um ranking points uh, I, do, I do not care about that ranking it's not legit we all know that that fifa ranking stuff's a joke I'm just saying, it's these are not just friendlies, right? And this was the whole point of the Nations League, was to make um, everybody play competitive teams in competitive matches. And that's why Kane had to play for the country and Mourinho couldn't really drag him out. I mean, Mourinho did excellent. Lo Celso was obviously injured. He stayed. Bergwijn didn't go, which I was surprised at. Son didn't go. Um, and somebody else didn't go. I can't think, but somebody else. I thought he did had an excellent international break, Mourinho. But the one that got away was Kane. But here's a here's an angle to look at it, a positive. England had three games. He played one and a quarter of those games. In years yeah. gone by, he definitely plays a full. He would, yeah, yeah, that's so. Enough. So I think that's Southgate recognise I think that muscular injury was something that was put out there and Mourinho again his mind games have come to the fore we mentioned it a couple of pods ago with Frank and with Ole um, his mind games there he, he called it from the very beginning with Kane um, and said don't burn him out don't play him and that's why he didn't play against Wales let's make no mistake about it yes he wanted to give Calvert-Lewin a run out and Ings and yes um, he didn't need to play Kane because it was a friendly but you know Kane was to play so the mind yeah, was really that, made that, up that does, yeah, that does show that things have changed so thinking about Kane and him playing and then and the kind of frustration about it's all about injuries right it's yeah. all about injuries and, and keeping people fresh so with that in mind it kind of it kind of brings me to what our strongest 11 is which I think we're pretty we're probably agreed on like as in our strongest, our strongest Mourinho likely. Let's okay. Say Mourinho likely, caveat. Um, Good level, caveat. Which yeah. which is Larice, um, Larissa in goal, um, Reguilon at left back because you always start from left back. No, you don't. Um, we had Dyer, this. Dyer, Dyer, <sighs> Dyer Sanchez, played. <laughs> Dyer Sanchez and Doherty at uh, right back. Um, Holding, you've got Hoiberg in front of him, Lissoso and Nombele, and then the front three of uh, Son. On the left, Bell on the right came through the middle, right? How likely do you think it is that we see that that eleven at any time this season? I think we'll see it. I don't think we'll see it often. Do you think that's down to pragmatism, or do you think that's because of of injuries or just rotation? Like, how, why do you? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. So I think it starts with Bell. I think it starts with Bell being integrated um, into the side rather than thrust into the side. But again, we'll probably get into that in more detail. I think yeah. it comes with the fact that there will be rotation. So for the next six weeks, we're going to have Europa um, League games. And we've seen already with Mourinho, he's not one of these managers who turns around and says, right, this is my first 11. I'm resting every single player and I'm going to play the other 11 in the Europa League. So there'll be rotation. So it's going to be matchup dependent. And but my biggest thing, my biggest thing about this dream lineup, and call do call it what you want when you're centre backs, even right back, I think what I've seen of Serge Aurier this season, uh, at the moment, he could be the right back of choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, especially, especially as he 
Mourinho's come out and said we may not need, need to buy a centre back because um, Serge can cover a centre, and I know he's played there for the Ivory Coast um, as well. So Doherty definitely can't do that. So there's a shout and a strong argument for Aurier being right starting right back. But that that aside, whichever right back plays, they're attack minded first. Regulon is a flying winger with a red cape. Yeah, a flying fullback with a red cape. So we know they're both going forward. Depending on the matchup, right, I cannot see Jose playing Lo Celso, Dombele and Hoybier. Just because I think we're going to be too exposed, especially if Bell is playing. And the reason I say that is because Bell is not going to have the running of Mora or even a Lamella playing from the right. So when Bell plays there, as much as we're going to gain quality going forward, we're going to lose legs and the press is going to be light. That's my assumption. Now, Bell could prove us all wrong. But I think it will be matchup dependent. And just like we saw, I know Lacelso was injured, but against United, Sissoko came in and him and Hoybier almost a double pivot in there to mop up stuff and provide legs and coverage. And that's the reason I don't think we'll see that Dream Eleven too often. And would, would that Dream Eleven not be in there that often? And those, those are fair points. And I think um, I, I agree with them largely. I think also the, the tandem, that tandem of having to have. Being able to bring on Nomele or Celso, like half, even if you do like forty-five minute like balances, like it seems to it seems to be something that could work. I feel like that even makes more of a case for if Delhi can like reinvent himself. That surely is like a perfect thing for him, like to try and be like an eight and a half type player, which I always thought he was going to be. Until you start banging in goals. <laughs> I when, think we all did. Saw, yeah, we, when he came up through the ranks, that's what it looked like it was going to be. So, for me, I think, if we if we look at that and the, pos- the possibility of him reinventing himself, that midfield could have all the pieces necessary. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a Winks fan. I think he's massively ineffective. Um, but I, I am a bit shook because Hobier, Sissoko could play in Hoberg's role but he can't really set up the or provide the platform for attack that he does yeah so even that needs to be managed but I think that if in January a bid comes in for Sissoko that's good I think he'll be off and I know and I know nobody wants to replace him well we've got Getson I also think Getson will go in in, in January because if he doesn't then I'll be like locked in to pay for him no I think we've pretty clever there with Levy. I think we've always got the option. There's no obligation. Okay, fine. Fine. I mean, but he's 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 a bit lawless in it, if you're honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a bit mad. Um so this season, like yes, the Dream Eleven um is a is a big is a big thing. But that is kind of central to the success we're going to have over the course of the season, right? Make sure we don't get injuries and we can play those people um that form doesn't dip. What do you think is the most imp- important factor when determining how successful will be the season? Other than fitness, as you've mentioned, I'm going to put it down to three players. It's hard to say three players. I already said Dyer in previous pods. But yeah. So you can see add two more. Okay, enough. Can we forget Dyer? 
But I've, no, no, I'll focus on two more. I'll focus on two more. So, and I'm going to focus on Don Belle because we've been beating the Don Belle drum, right? And as you know, it's my birthday coming up. Not that I've mentioned it before or anything, but um, <laughs> but my son asked me, and this was driven from my missus. I don't know what's coming. She asked my favorite Spurs player, and I didn't have one. I was like, "Who's my favorite Spurs player?" And I just said Son because it's not Kane. As much as I respect Kane, it's not Kane. Um, then I was like, "No, it's actually Don Bele." When I actually think about it, it's Don Bele. And why is it Don Bele? Because I believe, I genuinely believe, with every ounce of my being, that he can be a worldie. A genuine worldie. I think everybody's beginning to see that. I've been saying it. You've been saying it. We've both seen it. And he's showing some of it. But what I heard the other day was that he is a terrible trainer. In the sense that he doesn't prepare well. He's coming in to train 20 minutes before games. Um, before training, whereas others are there for an hour before limbering up, going through their pre-training rituals. And he just bowls in like he does, like we've seen on that coming off the coach, ready for a game and just bowling and ready to um, train. Now, part of that I don't mind because he's got that raw, unfiltered kind of swagger, which is which enables him to play the way he does because you can't define the way he plays. He can go left, right, that's the thing, center. man. It's, yeah. So you've, you've got to eat players like that. There's a, a there's certain level of like that maverick nature means that you can't look. Kane, you can tell by the way Kane plays <laughs> that that guy practices. Like he, yeah. he's always he's training hard. He's banking in like 17 million penalties every day. Like, do you know what I mean? But if someone to tell you, if someone was to tell you that Son, like, he trains hard, but he spends the most time like trying to enjoy himself, have fun, blah, 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 you would believe that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you believe that because the way in which they train, I'm sure mirrors like the way they play. You'd expect that. Well, it's natural ability, right? And this is why there's a respect for Kane because the argument is he doesn't have that natural ability, but he's trained damn hard. He's almost got a robotic nature, and yet has perfected the art of doing what he does very, very, very well, right? Almost to a world class level. But Don Bele has just got this talent, which is just unbelievable. And I mean, this is why no centre mid can live with him because you cannot read him and he goes where the space is to go. And he'll show you where he wants to show you and then be able to wriggle, do whatever he needs to do to get the other side and start attacks or drive. But I heard that he's too busy every night, apparently shagging women. Now, that's just a wild rumour. Nah, come on. I can only come give on. you the information as it comes to me. Right? No, so my worry it. there is, <laughs> my thing is, if he's not fit to give us 90 minutes every week and then give us the 60s to 70s in the Europas or the midweek games as they get more difficult, then we are going to be missing. And you know what Jose's like? He's going to lose his rack if he's not fit enough. So he needs to be fit. That's one. And I've said it before, if we can get 70% from Gareth Bell, if we can get the 70% of quality we know he possesses in that left foot and that winning mentality, I think that takes us over the edge. Because we know what Son can do. We know what Kane can do. We know what they're going to score goals and get assists. It's the other side that's all important. And over the edge means what? Trophy. 
Trophy. I would have. Nah. Trophy. You can't say trophy. What trophy? What? What trophy is that? Because I think that without the addition of Bill, like a a League Cup is, you know, definitely viable. I'm not. I'm not talking League Cup. I'm not talking League Cup. So I'm not dismissive of League Cup because we haven't won anything in over ten years. We're in a League Cup quarterfinal away to Stoke. We should be in the semi-final. I'm saying it here. I've probably jinxed it, but this is a different Spurs. So we should be in the League Cup semi-final. And from there, anything is possible, right? Another favourable draw. We're in the final one-off game. Boom. Uh, another side down the road, as I mentioned last week, has proven that you can win two tough games against two big clubs and win a trophy. So I'm talking Europa, but it's a hard one. I'm talking FA. I would have been talking title, but Dyer is showing me that we're going to struggle defensively. And I don't think you can win the league by outscoring the opposition. I think you need clean sheets and you need to concede no more than 20 goals to win the title. So that's why I haven't pushed the boat out and said title. But you never know. Things happen. Different things happen, right? Formulas, systems, rotations, who knows? I think, what do I think you think? For, for, for me, like, I agree with you largely, but I think for me, the 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 X factor is going to be uh, Gareth Bale. I think he's, his fitness is the most important thing because in our squad... You said fitness, though. You've went fitness again. Okay, well, not his fitness, his form then. Like, his, his, his performance, his performance. They say the best ability is availability, but apart from that, his performance, right, is the most important thing because within our squad... Whilst there are maverick people who like can get things done, like nobody can can produce something out of nothing, but here's something out of nothing is going to be most likely an opportunity, right? That someone else is going to have to make the most out of because that's the way he plays. Gareth Bell single-handedly won, has won games. like, And that's, like, I know we remember fondly because of Spurs fans, right? But he's done it for Real Madrid. Real Madrid don't win two of those um, or two of the Champions Leagues without, without him pulling something out of nothing. Not just scoring, but putting something out of nothing. They don't do it without that. So his ability to do that... And the Copa del Rey as well. And the Copa del Rey, exactly. Um, are things that we have... We've missed because we've been... Look, Harry Kane and Son are standout players, right? But when, the, when we've won games, the team have given a great platform and they've got to finish things off. With Bale, your team can be playing like crap and because of his ability you can still win for a very long time we haven't been able to be to be to be crap and win we've had to dominate games to win and given the way that Mourinho likes to play and the fact that we don't always we're not always going to have the ball that kind of stuff we need to make sure that when we do have even a small opening of what's uh, of what um of a sort of goal or any kind of opportunity even a small opening we need to be able to take it and having a player like Bale is going to increase your chances. If he's that performing level, we know he can, of of, taking, of making the most of that. And that's the difference for me. Someone who can score out of nowhere, can pull a result where there's no, we have no right to have it. Like, that's what we need. And he seems to be the guy to do that. He's done it for us in the past. He's done it for Madrid on the biggest stage. So to me, if he can do that, that that is when we start talking about title. Oh, you said it. The yeah. title was. Yeah, that's both. for me. That's title. That for me. That's title chat. That is definitely title chat. Well, the thing is, what we should say as well is that it's looking like one of those seasons which are slightly unpredictable. So we've had some wild results, as you like to use the word wild. Obviously, the six-one would be considered wild. The seven-two 
Villa, Liverpool, Wild. 5-2. Was it 5-2? Leicester, City, Wild. Yeah. West Ham. Then even, less, even West Ham beating them, that 3-0, mm. is, is... Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. It's it crazy. is. It. So, potentially, if we can find a run of consistency... Um, maybe a run of wins, 10 wins or something like that, we can put ourselves in a good position. Like Everton, I'm not going to say they're going to fall away because we've said that before and the likes of Leicester went on and won the league. But I think they're one or two injuries away um, from not being so good. Now, the one thing that we've done, we've seen to uh, amass in our non-championship league season, we seem to have amassed this brilliant squad. Um, everyone seems to be wild. Yeah, I know. Raving about this squad to the point where Gazaniga has now been ousted to third choice goalkeeper, and we don't, think he's a decent second. I, I know, I, know, I don't agree with it either because I don't think Hart's done enough. Historically, yes, if you, he's quite in the locker, but not for Spurs. Um, so I don't think he should have been instilled as number two so quickly. But that's where we are. Right? But we now have at least two players for every position. Genuinely have at least two players for every position. They may not be carbon copies, because I don't think you can have a carbon copy of Dombele. And obviously, Hoiberg is the true, only true DM of real quality that we've got. But we've got players that can play there to a capable level, right? And I think that's what it is. Um, when you look at a squad and you try to assess it, and the Man City, what they did a few years ago, they said they wanted world-class players in their starting eleven, and then very good players in backup positions, right? And I'm just going to kick it off and we're going to run through it very quickly. But I think Lloris is world-class, right? Yeah. May not have been in world-class form for a year or two, but he's world-class. He seems back to his best, right? No, I think think he's definitely back to his best. And because you always go to the right back, not left back, we'll go to the right back. And the right back being holding a shirt. You're right, you... You do yeah. that. You go to the right back if you're going, if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doherty, not world class. Where do you rank him? He's not world class. Uh, he's he's good. He's effective. Like the thing is, there's also that there's also that bracket of player who's learned to be effective within the Premier League, right? Okay. It's like sometimes you go and play five aside, and you look at someone and the technique's actually good, but they've mastered how to play on five aside. So they'll do things like kick the ball against the wall and all that kind of crap. Yeah. I don't anticipation, it, but it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> I don't respect it, but 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 I can see how it's effective, and I can see that. Right, Dozy is like he's 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 fairly athletic. He's um he's tall, he's strong. He gets up and down the wing. Like he's useful in the final third, like all those kind of things. So yeah, I think he's good. I don't think either of the uh, right backs are uh, world class. No, but they're both good to solid Premier League performers. Yeah, seven out of tens. Yeah. You saying six out of ten? What are we saying? Doherty's um probably uh, for me. I I I don't know. You always say I'm harsh with the ratings, but for me currently he's, <laughs> a, right. he's a six point he's a six point five. Yeah, and that's I, fair. And I think and and I think Oreo is actually a six point five as well. To be honest, that's fair. That's fair. I think there's those two are neck and neck right now. So that's yeah. fair. Um, Sanchez um, Tanganga. Actually, uh, let's do Sanchez Toby right sided. Yeah. Um, so I say Toby is good, not world class anymore, um, but he's good. And then um, Sanchez, 
Sanchez, I will say he's good, man. He's got he's got certain like he's got lapses of concentration, but he's good. I put them both as seven out of ten. Bit harsh on your man Toby. So what are you giving Dyer then? Dyer and um, Tanganga. Uh, so Tanganga, Tanganga, I'll say is a six point five only because of limited opportunities and he had he hasn't played at the back yet. Um, but he has all the he has all the tools and the potential to be an eight. Um, but we're not discussing potential; we're discussing real at the moment. And Dyer is um, a six. He's not fast. He doesn't. He's not on the front foot. He doesn't anticipate danger really well. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Great leadership qualities. But for me, leading, for example, is bigger. Is, is more important than just like being able to shout. So that's my assessment on him. Okay, quickly, Hart. We didn't do Hart as a number two. Yeah, Hart's a Hart's a five. And Norris is an eight, is he? Yeah, there is come to be an eight. Regulon? Regulon's an eight, man. He's an okay, eight. enough said. Enough said. Davies? Yeah. Is a 6.5. Okay. Hoybier? An eight. And w- Winks? Um, Winks is a six. Sissoko, Sissoko, because I think maybe Sissoko's Hoybier. Sissoko's a seven. Robust athleticism, yeah. many positions, yep. So Winks, you said, was a six? Yep. Dombele? Eight. Lo Celso? Seven and a half. Delhi? In that role? In that role? Yeah. Uh, six and a half. Oh, harsh. Okay, cool. Uh, Son? A nine. Kane? Nine. Bell? Actually, not nine. Nine and a half because of the partner ability. Like, it's always been there, but... It's now punishing teams in a different way. Okay. Um, Bale, I'm going to say eight because I haven't seen him play football in like nine months. All right. So it's going to be nine after Sunday. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so who have we got there? Bergwijn, um, Vinicius. Bergwijn to me is 7.5. Okay. And Carlos, Vinicius? Um, I'm going to say six for now. Fair. And Lamella, Stroke, Mora. Um, Lamella at seven because whilst he's lacking in some areas, he never he never fails to leave a mark on the game. And then Mora, I'm going to say a seven because he works hard defensively. He's very frustrating running forward. Very frustrating. I don't think I actually don't think Mora is good. But what I think what I do think he's good at is being able to score important goals and to execute the manager's plans. And you somehow you just need someone on the pitch who's going to do that. You are a harsh man. Very harsh, man. I'll take Dyer Slander. I'm not going to take much more of Slander, yeah? especially if you're giving Lamella a seven. Yeah? Just saying. Right? Just saying. Yeah, if, it, if, it's not for, if, it's, if it's not for Lamella, yeah, we don't score that equalise against um, against um, against United and we don't win 6-1. Six, six, <laughs> straight fact. Or get through against Chelsea. Yeah, but I can yeah, say well, yeah, if it wasn't for Mora, we wouldn't have had a shot at the Champions League final. Fact. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's fair, isn't it? But both Lamella and Mora are battling for the shirt on Sunday. Um, Obviously, both have had good starts to the season. Mora scored a couple of goals. Lamella scored a couple of goals. And like you said, Lamella Schithausery, as well as goals, have kind of propelled him. Um, Who do you think will start if we believe Bell will be on the bench? Who do you think will start those two on Sunday? I think Lamella will start. 
So do you think Mora and impact Bell... The impact in those, in those two games mm. of Chelsea and United was undeniable. And so you can't take him out. And he started both those games, whereas Mora was on the bench for yeah. that game yeah. and was on the... No, started the Maccabi Haifa game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Lamella holds a shirt. And what symbolic or... What's the word? I don't know the word, but kind of synergy will it be if Bell actually comes onto the pitch as sub to make his second debut, replacing the man that replaced him. Like, you couldn't write that stuff, could you? No, no, no. It'll be flipping magic. It'll be magic. But <laughs> you know what? To be honest, to see Bell come on in any way, shape or form onto a, a, Tottenham, uh, a Tottenham team is like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's everything you want to see. So, yeah, it is. There's, defi- there's definitely a lot of poetry and symmetry there, but, yeah, just to see him come on there and to make some have some kind of impact is just going to be going to be great. I, I mean, I'm not even like I. I think I'm more in love with the the possibilities, so I'm a bit of a football romantic like that. But um, I think it's not even so much about Bale anymore. It's more about the impact and feelings that it would evoke of a time where. We were always thinking if we had this guy in a team that was more befitting of his talents and his quality, what could that look like? Now, yeah. yes, he's at a different stage of career, but we'll have some idea of what the answer would be, and I want to see that. Yeah, all those mock-ups over the years since he's pretty much since he's left, he's all been in the side. Him, Modric, Dembele, Son, Kane have been in all these mock-up sides with Ledley Kin and Jan Vertonghen at the back, Walker and Rose. Lloris, like the dream Spurs lineup of the last ten years, and we kind of got the forward line, which is just crazy, right? Nice. So that that is kind of poetic. Hopefully, some poetic um, justice, justice um, yeah. on Sunday. So obviously, we're playing West Ham. They've not done too badly of late. We mentioned the three 0 uh, They beat somebody else, didn't they? Who else did they beat? Wolves at home, which was a bit yeah, of a shocker. Yeah. yeah. And that was 3-0 or 3-1. So, they found a bit of form. Uh, Antonio's been doing what Antonio does. 4-0 seems to come into it. But Bowen seems to be finding his feet in that role as a somewhat 10. Or inverted kind of winger from the right, floating around. How big a threat do you think West Ham will pose on Sunday? Um, To our, to our title... Aspirations, online. aspirations. Um, not that much, and the reason why I said traditionally we've always done well in in derbies. Um, we've had the better of West Ham more often than not, and we're going to be set up in a way that we're going to set up in a way that doesn't take them lightly, and to get the result because that's what Mourinho will do. And when you are set up to get the result, and you have the you have the team that we have and the the just the the winners and the game changers that we have I just, just don't expect us to have that to be given that much problem I think that Leicester kind of abandoned their post a little bit with their defence when they went to play so I was like uh, okay really necessarily not sure so where that's concerned I'm like do we need to be worried? Don't think so. I think they're enjoying their run of form, but their West Ham and the wheels will come off. 
So I'm I'm expecting a fairly comfortable game. You almost sounded like the Man United players when they said, lads, it's Tottenham. You're saying, lads, it's West Ham. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Let's put the spammers to the sword is what you're saying then. Yeah, Let's man, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Needs to happen. I, I, like, I, you know, control the game. A couple of a couple of goals in the first half, see out. Get bail yeah, on. Take, get, yeah, give people a game time, that's it. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. That's good. And I'm hopeful of a victory. I just don't trust Antonio. He likes to spoil a party, that boy. He does, um, he does, but he, he, hasn't, he hasn't faced anything like this Tottenham, fan, Tottenham team yet. So. Very, 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 very true. So, I mean, it's good to have you back, Kwabna. Very good to have you back. I think Good to be back, man. Good to be back. We're running out of time. There's one thing I wanted to ask you. You said when we spoke off air that uh, your holiday um, was a slower pace. Yeah? You know, yeah. You know what? what? Let's, look, let's, what? let's end what? this pod right what? now. Let's end this pod right what now. have I said? Listen, 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 listen. Okay? <laughs> Let me just stress anymore. Right? I just feel like it's good. Let's just focus, let's just focus on the fact that we've got a big game, game coming up this weekend. Bale's going to make his debut. You're going to turn another year older. We thank God for that. You know, let's focus on those things, right? Don't come to me with any kind of nonsense about anything else. Yeah? I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I was only just going to say, like... Nah, nah. No? Nope. You don't mean to say it? No. Nope. Okay. So, okay, I won't thank you very say. much for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Um, as always, Andrew, thank you very much. It's good. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to come back. Um, and Lyra, thanks for uh, keeping the seat warm. Um, uh, much appreciated. Um, we are on all podcast platforms, so do listen. Give someone the gift of the pod. Um, it makes someone smile. You know, do that. Do that. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. They're really important. They help us in the charts. Five stars only because we only give you five-star content. You can follow us on ShelfPod on Twitter where you can hear and read all our ramblings, content, debates, all that kind of stuff. Get involved, man. Drop us a message. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, um, all that kind of stuff. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, it's, uh, it's um, see you later from me. Peace from me. Run the outro.